Welcome to McKinsey on Government. Each episode examines one of the hardest problems facing government today and solutions from McKinsey experts and other leaders. I'm the host of McKinsey on Government, Francis Rose. Federal Chief Information Officer Claire Martirana says customer experience should be seamless and secure for the citizens the government serves. The Biden administration recently updated guidance from the Office of Management and Budget to expand the scope of customer experience. CX is the subject of McKinsey on Government this week with Tony Demidio, partner in McKinsey's Washington, D.C. office, and Marcy Jacobs, associate partner in McKinsey's Washington, D.C. office. Folks, welcome. Thanks very much for joining me. Tony, I want to start with you. The work that you've done in this area in customer experience, how has that trajectory changed over the last 12 to 18 months as organizations have had to respond to the way that they deliver services to people in light of the pandemic? Great question. From what I've seen, it's, it's put government even more on notice, right? So when you see through the pandemic, this is a time when citizens have had to rely on government services as much as any other time, perhaps in their lifetimes. You know, it's a lifeline for unemployment benefits. It's a lifeline for healthcare benefits and healthcare assistance. Um, what I have seen over this time is you see a real gap between agencies that were ready and prepared and had the processes in place to be able to assist and help citizens in a great time of need and agencies that were caught flat-footed saying, my gosh, uh, I don't have a way to operate when all of my employees are scattered, when I rely on paper-based applications, when I rely on receiving checks in the mail, and I have nobody to go and receive them and collect them, uh, a really wide gulf. But I think also what we've seen over the last 18 months is a crisis can be a really, really powerful motivator for change. So even those agencies that were caught flat-footed, what I've seen is a number of them were able to use this moment as a chance to make change and say, no, we need to be able to adapt now, change the way that we work and not let perfect be the enemy of the good in terms of maybe information we would have collected uh, and certainly propelled themselves in terms of investments in technology and allowing um, you know, employees to work from anywhere. Uh, so it, 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 it's a really interesting dynamic that we've seen over the course of the past 18 months, one that hasn't lowered the need or the bar for customer experience, but has rather actually helped, I think, a lot of folks raise their game. Marcy, welcome. It's good to see you again. Um, thanks for joining the discussion today. What do you think those organizations that have had the success that Tony detailed some organizations having, um, what did they do before the pandemic? Obviously not prepping for the pandemic, but what did they have in place or what were they working on that allowed the successful ones to be successful? And the organizations that weren't as successful, what were they lacking? Are they the same things or are there different pieces depending on different situations? I think that there's a few pieces to that and it's great to see you again as well. Um, I think that there are organizations that, that really kind of embraced the digital mindset and embrace digital transformation. So they may have been on a journey to modernize technology systems. They may have started hiring um, digital talent or thinking about uh, products and uh, design in a different way. Um, 
And I think that there are agencies and organizations that have really kind of figured out how to listen, which I think helps them be more agile and more responsive to what is going on. And we have now been in this 18 month kind of unplanned experiment where there's been a lot of need to listen and to pivot and to react. And the companies that have the talent and the ability to really hear what's happening, um, I think has positioned them in a fundamentally different way, whether it's technology or process or, um, or policy even, to be able to really kind of react to the situation much more quickly than, than companies that are thinking in a much more traditional way. The organizations that are listening well, what are they listening for and what are they doing with the information that they gather from that listening, Marcy? I think listening, there, there are so many sources of data and I think it's um, becoming more common that agencies are, are starting to know what to do with that. Um, but it's listening to call centers, it's listening to social media, it's seeing what's happening on the website, it's talking to people, it's doing the user research to understand where are the friction points? What is working well? How do we think about changes to address a problem in the smallest, fastest way possible instead of maybe the more traditional, kind of more comprehensive, um, longer way that, that I think typically agencies are kind of admiring a problem for a very long time and thinking about how do we solve this every single edge case, as opposed to what is a thing that we can do now to start addressing this this pain point or this challenge and learn from it and be very iterative. And that's just a, a big change that we're seeing both at the state and the federal level. Tony, what are you seeing organizations do differently now, customer experience wise, than they did maybe five years ago in government? The reason that I ask that is because it has been... Um, I would say a difficult lift maybe to convince every agency, to convince every organization that customer experience is really that important. Yeah, I, I think you've seen the private sector initially, if you go back five to seven years, Francis, initially st even, even more than that, 10 years, really raise the bar on customer experience, right? What that has created, it, it's actually, it actually for a period widened the gap between people's experience with government and people's experience with their average private sector or a company that they you know, got a service from. Um, that raised the bar for government to, to, have to, to have to catch up, right? Now, what we have seen in response to that is proactive, forward-thinking government leaders starting to really prioritize it. And we can get into some of the reasons why that might be, uh, because there's a lot of benefits to investing in customer experience, and we've seen that. Um, but I also think you've started to see real change, and this is where the government started to use their bureaucracy to its advantage. So you see across the federal government, uh, towards the end of the Obama administration with the core federal services council, and then continuing in the, in the Trump administration with the cross-agency priority goal and some of the work that was done in, at, at OMB, uh, a much more systemic government-wide emphasis on customer experience. Uh, and then you have organizations that started to have awards around customer experience. And all of a sudden it's become, I would say over the last five years, it's gone from a topic that was very niche, very minor, very small to something that now lots and lots of folks are at least talking about. And that's really exciting. 
Marcy, your former agency, VA, the most recent effort that they've undertaken is an internal customer experience journey map. And I thought that was interesting because it took agencies and government a long time to think about their internal customers as opposed to their external customers. That conversation seems to be lagging even behind the broader CX conversation. How did you and your colleagues get that going at VA? How did that conversation about this is something important, this is something we should invest time and resources and people into, how did that start at VA? There's amazing talent at VA um, looking at customer experience from a, a lot of different lenses, but I think the, the connection between the experience of employees and the service that they are able to deliver to their customers, whether those are internal customers, IT users who are being serviced by the Office of Information Technology, or veterans who are trying to get a benefit or service, if your employees are able to support that in a more effective way, if they feel that they they are supported, uh, their ability to, to deliver better service only increases. I do think that uh, typically we see agencies starting from the outside, thinking about that, what are we delivering to our customers externally? Um, but the more you can think about it in a holistic way, We've now made this form easier to use, but what does the person receiving the form actually get? How do we make sure that they aren't getting a 200-page PDF that they have to sift through? Because when you think about the end customer experience, they want to get a decision on an application quickly. And if the person who's reviewing that application still has to sort through a ton of information to see the handful of, of points that they really need to base that decision on, it's still going to take a long time. So thinking about that very holistically, it's not just about an easy to use form, it's about everything that happens until you get that that end result. How do you go about making sure that the solution is really the solution, Marcy, to what the customer is experiencing and enhances her experience rather than at, at least neutral and, or maybe making it worse? You do that through talking to people and some of this is are we even solving the right problem? The agency will have a goal. Um, any agency may have a goal of, for example, decreasing the time it takes to process a claim. That's that's a big goal and maybe a promise that's made to, to a secretary or to Congress or, or um, at many levels. But understanding and breaking that down by talking to all of the different users who are who are touching that process is where you are determining if you're actually making things easier, faster, or if you're making it potentially more complicated and, and more overwhelming for the people who are involved in those different touch points. Really knowing which of those drivers to focus on is essential. And, you know, measure twice, cut once, you know, look before you leap. We, we, we kind of have these sayings. We find time and time again, make it simple, not necessarily faster. That is the That is generally the key but you have to know your customer, right? That's the key that Marcy said. But I, I have come across many agencies, one in particular that found itself front page news in a way they didn't want to be. And when we dissected and helped them look at, okay, what was going on with the customer experience? They had prioritized speed of a decision because that's what they thought the customer wanted. And actually that emphasis led to more errors in their processes, which led to a worse experience, more appeals, you know, people appealing to their to their legislator and representative. 
And when we helped them re-engineer the process, we didn't actually make it that much faster. We just made it simpler and more transparent and easier for the customer to understand. And that was the key to dramatically improving the customer experience. So you really have to know what it is that the customer is looking for. I completely agree with that, Tony. And I'm glad that you said transparent because I would say in my 20 years of looking at public service customer experience, transparency is a very common theme. I hit submit and now I have no idea. Am I done? Am I going to get the thing that I'm trying to get? When am I going to get it? What is it going to look like? What other steps need to happen? That transparency, even if it's going to take a long time, it might take years for your application to be processed for certain for certain agencies. Telling people what to expect and being transparent has an incredible impact on building trust, building respect. We haven't lost you. Um, and I think that's a, a really important piece. And Marcy, you used two words there that I think we lose in the general dialogue about uh, customer experience when we're talking about logistical and tactical stuff. And those are the words trust and confidence. Those are the things that customer experience is really about at the core, aren't they? Absolutely. And I think the research that we have done and the conversations that we've had with users, I think, underscores that trust, feeling like I know what's going to happen. I understand what you are doing. I trust the government is going to give me the benefit that I have earned uh, is something that that is intentional, that comes from actually designing an experience. And I think that there are a lot of agencies that have not thought about customer experience, have not invested in customer experience, but they still have a customer experience. Customers are still experiencing their agency, and it might be in a very fractured, disjointed way. Um, and I, I think it's a problem that a lot of organizations face because they are thinking about what do we need to do to run our business, and they are not thinking about what does somebody interacting with our business um, experience. And if you think about something like at a state level, the unemployment office may be very different from the reemployment office, but that is two ends of a journey. So someone who is engaging with unemployment logically also needs to engage with reemployment or reskilling or workforce development or whatever it's called. If those two groups are not working together, that customer is having a very stressful time in many situations, having to effectively start a new journey just because they have switch to a different department and they don't understand the org chart of the company that they are of the organization that they're interacting with nor should they need to tony wherever one resides in an organization how does one go about making the case where customer experience is not a priority that it should be a priority and what are the best selling points i guess for lack of a better term to make the case that we might need to reprioritize our investments, but we really need to do this for these reasons. What are those reasons yeah. and how does one effectively make that case? Yeah, it's a great question. We, we typically see, you know, if you think about a business case or a case for customer experience in the private sector, it's very easy, right? Why does Amazon invest in your customer experience? Because if they create a better experience and make it easier for you to buy from them, you're gonna buy, buy more stuff, which goes right to the bottom line, right? Or if they make it a smoother experience, if your airline or hotel made it a smoother experience, you might tend to fly with them more or you might tend to complain to them less. There's a real business case for it in the private sector. We found a lot of those same benefits translate over to government, but some of the rationale is different. 
trust is one of those we talked about. Satisfied customers are nine times more likely to trust their government or that agency than not. So when you think about the business case in an agency or across government for a governor or a head of a department or something like that, building that level of trust, huge benefit. Uh, that's one benefit. A second is linking to the, to the mission of the organization. So many people at every level of government are there for the mission. They believe they joined government because they wanted to make a difference. They believe in the mission, whether that's serving a veteran, as Marcy said before, whether that's making sure someone gets a benefit or a claim that they, that they deserve, whatever it is. We have found that better experiences, uh, you know, satisfied customers are nine times more likely, just like that nine times trust. They're also nine times more likely to agree that the agency achieves its mission. Uh, and a lot of times this is one where sometimes seemingly conflicting priorities actually go together. Security is one of my favorite to use. A lot of times people say, I can't worry about how happy people are waiting in line at TSA or for security because I'm worried about security and making sure the bad guys don't get through. When you look at it like trusted traveler programs like TSA PreCheck or, or, or Global Entry, why do these places have these programs? It's because they can create a better experience for people so that they can focus their efforts on people who aren't pre-cleared. Experience and the mission can actually go together. And that's one of the great things that we see. So trust is one, experience is another, budget and financial outcomes, just like the private sector, definitely a factor. We know this because people who are more satisfied call the call center less, they use the website less. So it brings your costs down the more that you, as a government agency, have your customer experience in order. And then there's also a real factor in reducing risk. So if you're satisfied, am I more or less likely to reach out to my representative? Am I more or less likely to go on social media or go to the media and say, I'm having an issue? So there's trust, there's mission outcomes, there's risk, there's financial outcomes. And finally, at any level of the organization, the fifth factor, Francis, is the employee experience. So many organizations can use a focus on the customer to boost the experience that employees are having in that organization. It's a way of uniting and galvanizing a workforce and giving folks a reason to show up to work every day. So there's, regardless of who you are, where you are in the organization, there's a ton of reasons to get excited about investing in, in a great experience for the customer. I think that there are incredible efficiency gains that can be had when you are actually designing for the jobs that people are doing, as opposed to designing for a list of requirements. Um, there's also a lot of retention benefits and discretionary effort benefits. When you have more satisfied employees, their serving of their customers improves dramatically. What are the common customer experience execution principles, Marcy, from project to project or from journey to journey? And what should someone look out for as being customizable or, or being unique to different journeys when they're trying to figure out how to modernize their systems? I would say it always starts with listening and curiosity. It always starts with user research. Um, I don't see, I never want to go into a customer experience effort thinking that this is a technology problem or that there is a definite technology answer. There was an example that I heard of recently where the challenge that they were facing uh, was a lot of incomplete applications. 
So applications were submitted, but the, the signature form wasn't there. All of page two hadn't been completed, and they saw this a, a majority of time. Uh, and when they did research with users, they were seeing that people just weren't seeing page two. They weren't completing it. This was a, a paper form that was submitted. So their big innovation was a staple to put the two pages together so that people saw that they weren't done yet. And adding a line at the bottom of page one that says, please complete page two before sending this in. It was not something that needed a huge tech investment. It needed curiosity. It needed some, some research into why are people missing this? What can we do? What is the smallest, easiest thing that we can do to help people solve this problem? Tony, we're just about out of time. So a uh, final question to you. Are the solutions more often than we think as simple as the one that Marcy just outlined because we don't think about that journey, about the techniques that somebody uses um, as often as we should? Well, I, I wish we could solve everything with a stapler. Uh, that, would be, that would be wonderful. I love that example. I do think it illustrates a point, which is there's so many firms out there that are trying to sell really robust technology solutions that maybe an agency can't afford or doesn't need. Um, sometimes they are needed, but rather than be the hammer looking for the nail, you're better off having that curiosity or that, that approach. And Francis, then the right answer or investment can be anywhere between the stapler and the massive technology investment. A lot of times it's somewhere in between. And actually a lot of times I found in government, it's back to that employee point and investment in the capabilities of the employee and better connecting and listening to your employees who interact with the customers a lot and really know what might be two, three, four simple fixes. So a lot of the work we do when we're doing journey redesigns with government agencies or government clients will bring together those employees that serve those customers on a regular basis and have them come up with the solutions with us. They know the problems the best. They, they recognize the situations and they'll come, they're the ones that'll come up with whether it's the stapler, the change in the form, the, hey, if we just change these three things about the process, that's actually gonna make a big difference. It doesn't have to be a lot of times massive investments that make a big difference or in, in the customer experience. Tony Demidio, Marcy Jacobs, it's great to have you. Thanks for joining the conversation today. Appreciate it. Thank Thanks you. so much, Francis. You've been listening to McKinsey on Government, a presentation of McKinsey and Company. Our next episode's in a couple of weeks. You can subscribe to McKinsey on Government everywhere you get your shows. I'm the host of McKinsey on Government, Francis Rose. Thanks very much for listening.